back to the Flying Lion podcast. I got Sam and uh, I guess Trey with us tonight. We're here talking about FC Cincinnati's unfortunate loss to Nashville and League's Cup. Who cared about League's Cup anyway, right? Am I right, guys? So, uh, Sam, how are we doing tonight? Doing good, doing good. Um, yeah, it's always tough to to do these podcasts, you know, after a loss, especially, you know, against Nashville and at home. But, you know, it is what it is. And I, I'm kind of like with you, you know, who who really cares about League's Cup? It's not like it was MLS or another cup. So that may just be us being a little, st- you know, stingy or, or whatever. But, you know, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love the copium there. That's great. Because I'm sure if we won, we'd be, you know, talking about how awesome it was. Um, <laughs> that's true. But, you know, that's the gadget analysis you're going to get from me since this is uh, my inaugural uh, appearance on the pod. But, but yeah, it sucked, I guess. It wasn't a fun game to watch at all. Um, but I guess Sam's right. It stings a lot less than it would if it was, I don't know. It, had, it didn't have much weight to it. So, but I mean, I don't know how you guys feel in – like this whole rivalry thing that they've created, but they're like, yeah, this like adds to the rivalry. You know, we won this one and PKs and blah, 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 and knocked you out of this tournament. Like we didn't really even care about this thing anyway, to begin with, (laughs) but Trey on your point, like you're right. If we won, we would have been all psyched about it and we're moving on to the 16, but uh, that's okay. All good. Anyway, um, as Trey kind of alluded to, um, I I thought the first half was just, probably the most boring half I've watched of FC Cincinnati this year. Um, we had some chances we had, we will start, I guess, first start off with a starting lineup, probably one of our most solid lineups in the last, I'd probably say five or six games. Sam, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. That was the the tweet that I sent out. I mean, I, I thought the, the lineup was solid. Like you look at that lineup and it is very much a starting lineup that, we're back to full strength. I know we were missing Celentano and um, I, you know, probably put Arias on the right side as well, but, you know, as far as full strength, I thought that was, you know, as good as we could get for the league's cup, or I I thought that was the best lineup that we've had in the league's cup. So um, yeah, it was interesting to to see how they, they came out in that first half and it, it was very underwhelming. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the top looked, looked exciting. I thought it would be a lot more, uh, a lot more action with, uh, with Penza and, 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 uh, Acosta, but yeah, nothing, nothing really came to fruition, unfortunately. So what do you guys um, feel about having Murphy in instead of Haglin? I, I thought that was a good I felt move. about that. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was a good move. I mean, give Murphy a, a chance to show that he's the guy, um, you know, and I, I didn't I didn't think he played bad. I thought he played solid. Um, and then Haglin came in for him. So you got to see kind of okay, Haglin, like go and, and prove that you can, you know, be a starter or at least be a guy that we'll put in late and trust. So I, I thought that was an interesting move from Pat for sure. Yeah, I agree. But again, I'm gonna harp on it. The game was boring, so how can you argue with you know your defenders? Um <laughs> We, I mean, we we did our job at least, right? You know, to your point, like they didn't really create any chances the whole game. So like Murphy is serviceable. It's just, I mean, we can touch on this later on in the podcast, but is is Murphy now, you know, our, our left center back instead of Haglin? And does this performance justify that or not? I mean, it really wasn't his fault that we didn't score, but like 
I don't know. Vibes just felt different during this game. Um, first, I guess to like start off, I didn't get to go to game. I don't think either of you guys did too, but just seeing like, at least in the first half, they kind of touched on it a little bit, but like the attendance wasn't as good. So that was kind of interesting to see. I mean, we only had a couple of days to buy tickets for it. I think it, was, it ended up being like 19,000 yeah, people. 19, yeah. Which is, you know, definitely less than what we've had in the past, but um I don't know if that changes the vibe in the first half when they come out, if it's just not as loud and I don't know, enjoyable in that sense, but. Yeah. I, as far as the, the first half goes, like, I, I mean, yeah, it was boring. It was back and forth. It really was. But I think for, for me, the kind of the, the first half player, if you will, was Alec Khan for me. I mean, when Nashville did have chances, he was there, <clears throat> he was there making saves. And, you know, I'm really interested to see because he started every single League's Cup game, right? So Celentano hasn't got gotten to play, like, at all. So I'm really interested to see, like, if he goes full-time because he looks good. Does this make him, you know, kind of a full-time keeper again for us? Or how is this going to affect Celentano because he hasn't played in a while? And then we've got two big games coming up. Like, it's very interesting to see. Yeah, I agree. And I'll – We'll go deeper into Alec Khan later. Um, I really liked what he did um, because I didn't see a lot uh, go past him. <laughs> uh, yeah, but going back to the attendance, it was it was a Friday night, correct? I mean, the Reds were Friday playing. Night. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that, that I mean, what can you do? I'm sure, I mean, 20,000 at a League Cup game is probably like, I mean, top five in attendance in the MLS for League Cup, I'd imagine. Um, I, I have no stats to back that up, but I, I'm willing to put my neck out on the line for that. Um, yeah, I, I think I saw a tweet that we were top three still in attendance for it. I don't know if other, um, you know, stadiums did this, at least, you know, for ours, the first two game were included with our season tickets. Um, so, you know, definitely have more of an incentive to go when it's included as part of it, when you only have a week to kind of prepare for it and you don't really know when it is. Like me personally, like I ended up going to the Reds game because I had this plan ahead of time. And then this game gets scheduled at the same time. Like, what do I do? You know, so I don't know if, you know, to Trey's point, if other people had kind of the same idea on that. Um, isn't it funny that we're talking more about that than even the the game itself? It was that kind of like lackluster. But um, I think in the first half, did you guys, we kind of, I would say, dominated possession. I think that was Nashville's plan um, compared to the last couple of games when we played them. They, I think, had tried to do a lot more countering. You know, this game, obviously, they did some attempts with that, too. They just got a DP striker, uh, Sam Sturridge, I think his name is, coming from England. So, um, you know, maybe they sustained better possession. But at least in this game, we, I think, had 67% of the possession. So we were creating chances. It's not like we weren't, but just really couldn't do much with it. So, Sam, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I mean, once again, there wasn't much to go off of but you know Nashville was trying to play the counter a lot more than trying to keep possession and you know I, I think we we kind of just we've we, we played to their level if you will in that first half it was very much they weren't really trying to score too much and we were like okay well you know we we won't try either right it was kind of just like okay well I'll play on the same level as you guys and you know we'll uh we'll try and get a draw but unfortunately that's not how it's not how tournament play works you can't just play for a draw so it was it gave me that kind of feel 
yeah, I mean, I think I think they had a good plan. Possession was great. Uh, Nashville obviously, you know, came away with the win, but um, you know, it's not like we didn't have some chances. That I think I think like uh, the Bupenza in like the 80th minute kind of had a miss hit. I feel like I saw a lot of miss hits. Um, even uh, even on the defensive end, we had some like clearances that we just like. I don't, I don't know if it was the turf. Um, I was going to kind of harp on that later, but um, I don't know if the turf was kind of struggling or what, but it, it felt like we had so many chances and it just kind of didn't fall our way, like, constantly. Um, not that that's any excuse, but um, maybe, you know, maybe their heads were in the right place. It's a League Cup game. I I, I can't imagine that everyone had their, their full 100% into it, um, even just their mindset going into it, so... And that's why I think it was so interesting that like he did roll out the lineup that he did. I mean, it seemed like they're going for it. We've talked about it on prior podcasts. It's just like we've had so many, you know, different cups and competitions that we're in. Like, how do you prioritize it? But I think Pat's mentality of let's just try to win everything we can and one game at a time. Um, to Trey's point, you know, at some point your luck kind of runs out on that. I mean, some of the past games have just been crazy. I mean, even the fact that we beat Chivas three to one and just dominated, you know, some of those, but um, it's a familiarity thing. I think that's uh, the better way of phrasing. It's not a rivalry. It's just, we've played them so many times. So you get more looks at each other and then you get an idea of how you want to play. So um, usually I, I think Pat and the assistant coaches do a good job at halftime at uh, adjusting. I think uh, in the second half, you see a little bit more created chances, um, but you know, to Trey's point again, is like, you don't finish. And I've always harped on the fact that in the MLS, if you have half chances and you don't finish it, you're going to lose. Um, so, you know, coming down and I, I forget the exact timing on Nashville's goal from the corner kick. Third, Do you remember? 64th minute, I believe. 60, 64th. So, I mean, you're decently into the second half at that point. Um, and they get this corner where, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you would say we're unlucky with it. How many times have we seen it this year where we saved the initial one and then a dude just like taps it in? So this this goal was all on Barrial. If you if you watch the replay, this was mm -hmm. all on him. Like, so I believe it was Barrial and I can't Obi. remember who yeah, yeah, Obi right there at the beginning yeah. um on the front post and Barrial is tracking his man, and then as soon as the ball is kicked, he just drifts forward yeah, almost to like yeah walking towards the corner taker like it didn't make any sense it was almost like he, he glitched he was like a fifa glitch and then <laughs> it was just a wide open header for you know the nashville guy and great save by Khan, but you know not, not really much you can do with that i don't know if you punch it out more or if you like try to grab it i don't know it's i just thought tough, it was, it was a really good header like it was a really good header yeah. it was a hard ball and you can only get one mid on it yeah and McCarty was just he he was like stunned he was so open because <laughs> you're right I mean Barrial got lost I mean he was he didn't even have to like barely take two steps and just a little soft header and then just, I mean anything can happen after that so Trey I had a question for you I mean back in your playing days you were primarily a defender but um on set pieces there's a lot of different ways you can line up on that either you man mark or you put guys on the posts like that or I mean it just has to be better marking in general I think right Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you can't lose your, can't lose the front post guy at all. I mean, that, that's, especially in the MLS. I mean, they, you, these guys can, when I played, you can't, I mean, we got lucky sometimes and, but they're going to put their, they're going to put it on target to their front post, you know, to the head of their front post guy. So if you're not marketing them, you're, you're doomed. So. Yeah. I, I mean, and then you go down there and 
we've, I think, been, I want to say in our last four or five games, I want to say at least three or four of those games we've been behind, you know, dating back to Charlotte, dating back to uh, Red Bulls game. Um, and now, you know, more recently in Leagues Cup, you go down against, uh, well, even Nashville. I think Nashville, the last time we were down as well. Um, so there's been a lot of games where they've at least like fought back. So I, I like to see at least the fight in it, but I never like that we're going down at home, especially yeah. that for me was tough. Um, it just seems like whatever it is in this tournament, there's just been just crazy, ridiculous things that have happened. So going down into uh, 85th or 86th minute, I believe was the yeah. time um, we, uh, we basically, we get a PK. I don't know, Sam, you want to elaborate a little bit more on what you saw on it? Yeah. I mean, so the, the PK was very, very out of the blue, um, which it, it was a PK like granted it, it was very just blatant, clear foul on Vasquez, but you know, Kubo puts in the cross and, um, it's, it's not a great cross, but it's, it's in the box and, um, for some reason, Jack Mayer um, just decided to to go ahead and, and push Vasquez out of the way and give us a penalty, which uh, Vasquez then converted, which once again, it's great to see Vasquez converting on these penalties, especially because <laughs> we saw him not convert very blatantly in person uh, for the U.S. men's national team game. But um, yeah, it was kind of like a weird PK. It was like, all right, I guess I guess we'll take it. Trey, would you prefer Acosta on that one or Vasquez in that situation? Vasquez, because he made it. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Uh, But I will say he sold it a little bit. Props to him. It was a timely sell. But, I mean, you can't put two hands on a a guy's back. Especially in the box in the last couple minutes and the team's behind. Like, he's going to try to draw that all day. Yeah, and and the – the national keeper, you know, kind of covered up a little bit. So, I mean, the, the ref had a lot of things to look at. So, um. to, to Taylor Twelman's point, I, I rarely <laughs> give him credit for anything, but he was talking about it in between, I believe, their goal and, you know, our PK chance. He was talking about FC Cincinnati really exploiting Jack Mayer because I guess some audio was picked up from Pat on the sideline during like one of the hydration breaks. <laughs> And Pat was talking about, hey, like, you know, stop working it in the middle, come from the sides, right? And, you know, whether that be a Barrial cross or Kubo in this instance, I thought that was a nice little nugget. Yeah, good point. Um, the I don't know if you guys felt this. The game changed for me when him and uh, Halsey came in. You know, you put uh, Brett Halsey out wide, a rookie, but with energy. And like you said, I think that adjustment um, he made and then you start getting more balls in the box and you create opportunities, especially when you have like bigger strikers. Vasquez is good with his head. You know, Bupenza seemed like he's pretty decent as well. Um, Trey, you made a you made a good point earlier on in the pod, though. Um, it was in the 80, I want to say third minute right before the PK. Um, Halsey plays a ball across the box and Bupenza just blasts it over. I think it's still coming down at this point. Um, <laughs> Dude, it took a skip. I'm telling you, the surface, it was it wasn't good. They needed to get out, they needed to get the ground screw out there and just roll it or something. It, both, hit, it hit a little bump and it just, I don't blame him. Both him and Vasquez just, I mean, could not for the life of them like convert in front of the goal. It was like five yards out not even maybe not even from the penalty spot like that's how close it was um 
I will say Bupenza watching him play, he, he looked a little out of place. Like he's he still just does not look comfortable with this squad. Um or, or he doesn't look used to playing with like another guy up top, right? Um, so I think he he's really gotta come into his own because Acosta likes to pretty much have the full range of wherever he needs to go and kind of create. And I think he needs to kind of adjust to that because it he he keeps he keeps finding great spots, right? However, those spots he may not have like the right angle, or once again, he may not be able to finish it. But I, I do see him wanting to take these outside the box chances and he's almost hesitating. He's not taking the chance. So um I, I'd like to see him take those chances, you know, regardless if they go, you know, 20 rows up. I, I still kind of want to see what he can do from that standpoint because I think that's he, he can do it. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. Watch his YouTube clips and he's destroying balls from 30 yards out. I mean, that's his like MO. That's his thing. Yeah. Um to your point, I guess on that, like the comfortability, um, if you look at the Chivas scheme where they they press high, I mean, the whole team is pressing. Um, you're going against, you know, this press where you it creates space behind, essentially, right? And I think what he did a good job with in that game was holding off the defenders but playing quickly um, to get behind the defense. Whereas you play Nashville and Nashville's playing off a little bit. They're playing a deeper line. Um, then he's got to come back to still get on the ball, but maybe does that create chances for him to go forward and to shoot from further out? That's where I think all year we've been trying to get the perfect pass, you know, the perfect opportunity on things instead of, like you said, just creating those shots or those little pockets where, um, you know, sometimes we just need that. And I feel like Acosta does that sometimes. Barrial had a decent look on one of them that I can remember as well, but yeah, um, yeah I don't know. <laughs> Any, uh, I guess, final points in the in the last, or I guess I'll, I'll say the ninety minutes. We can talk on the PKs yep. if you guys are ready for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Leaks cup rules. You know, we don't go into extra time, so we go straight to PKs. The second set of PKs that we've had in Leaks Cup. I feel like every game has like ended in a PK shootout. I don't know if you guys have felt that way too. Like watching the game last night for Inter Miami, it was that way. Columbus Crew lost in a PK shootout too. So. I don't know what it is about it. Maybe it is tournament style that they feel like you're just pressing that much harder to even just get a tie and then just go to PKs. Um, but it's a 50, 50 game when you get to that point, like yeah. trade, did you ever feel that way playing? Like it, it could go either way. Yeah. I mean, I just, when you, when you don't have extra time, it just, I mean, it just shortens the game, not even past the, you know, within the 90 minutes, once you get to, <clears throat> especially after our PK, I mean, you know, into the 80, you know, 86, 87 minute, you're kind of just like you said, playing for playing for PKs at that point. Um, it's the late cup, and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Save your legs a little bit for the real stuff in the MLS season. Yeah. So we get down to PKs. Um, I think we had a very similar look in this PK lineup to Sporting Kansas City's game. I don't know if I remember exactly the order, but it seemed like it was a lot of the same guys. Um, Obviously, Miazga is the one that misses his. I think his PK was obviously we can talk on probably just like a pass right to the keeper. It was terrible. Um, and I saw a lot of that actually in the uh, U.S. women's game. We'll get to that a little bit later. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the PKs weren't great. I mean, you'd miss one and you lose. All the other ones were pretty decent. Um, Sam, do you see anything special in the PKs? 
No, I, I think it was one of those things that it it, it just it felt like it was going to have, like we were going to lose. Like it just felt like that going into, you know, if, if we didn't get a, a goal, like before the end of the 90 minutes, it just, it didn't, didn't sit well. It didn't feel well, like a game that we deserved. Did you feel like after we scored though, that we were pressing a little bit more? Like I, I thought we created yeah, more that's, chances. Once that's what I'm tied. saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So as soon as we tied it up, like the energy was there and right. If we were to get a goal, like, it was then, but as soon as it hit 90 minutes, I was like, well, I'm not sure like that this, you know, squad has it in them. Zach even texted us and said, like, if it goes to extra time, I felt like we might have had an opportunity to win the game at that point. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, you get the PKs. And what what I found interesting, I don't know if it ended up being the coin flip thing on how they determined it, but the PKs were down uh opposite of the Bailey side which we've seen has made a difference, even though the U.S. won down on that side when they played there. Uh, Vasquez skied his over on that side, so we got some bad juju going on on that that other side there. I like I like the PKs in front of uh, in front of the Bailey. Yeah, uh, PKs stink. I yeah. hate it. Yeah. Um, so I guess not a mental game, and PKs are are like ninety percent mental. So. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. And like, everyone's like, you have a game plan as a keeper. I'm like, right. you literally just dive one way or the other. It's a straight guessing, guess half yeah. the time. Yeah. But um, I guess that'll lead me into our question here. If you guys, um, anything else, I guess, to touch on it real quickly. First loss at home this season. It that, that's crazy. That's a good, that's amazing though. Think how many home games we've had. If you want to even consider it that, I think Tommy G, you know, one of the commentators actually says this is technically a tie if you think of it that way. But when the other team is celebrating on your field, like that's a loss. Nah, it's a very, it. it's a loss. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very American way, like American soccer view of looking at it like, oh, hey, like, I mean, it was a tie, wasn't it? You know, like, right. I hate that. I hate that. Hey, PKs, I hate that. If you call it a tie, no. I'm sorry, Tommy G. But that was sorry. Not- I was looking forward to playing club America. That would have been a really cool, you know, second big Mexican team, probably the biggest team in Mexico that we would have been playing, but uh, it'll, it'll be good to see Nashville get destroyed on their home field. So that'll be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's going to lead me to our trivia question of the week. Are you guys ready for me to give this one to you? So uh, it kind of ties in. Uh, What is FC Cincinnati's all time record? in PK shootouts going back to our USL days, or maybe you can give me, you know, how many wins. Gosh. Can you it's... tell us how many times we've been in PK? <laughs> give me uh, it's yeah, under yeah. 10. So I'll give you that. Under 10. All right. All right. Um, including USL days. So I, I had saw the MLS that, um, usl though i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with nine total games and our record is five and four okay trey what about you i mean i can think of like hmm. we're talking if you go all the way back to oh know, i know yeah u.s yeah. open cup i remember i remember the u.s the u.s open games and we played it was at their she was at the chicago Oh, I'll say, I'll say five and three. 
five and three. So we had five and four and five and three, I think. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll stay tuned to the end of the episode. We'll give you the answer to that. Um, I think we'll uh, we'll take a break here, go to our sponsor, and then we'll come back. We'll chat a little bit of our jersey swaps, our cards of the week, and kind of get into a little bit of some transfer rumors. So uh, stay tuned. So Agility is a technology-driven soccer training facility. So we offer six facets of training. Uh, that would be Tech Touch uh, with ball launchers that work on your first touch, the TSZ, uh, which is the ESA equipment and working on decision-making. We also have a circuit. Uh, circuit training would be taking the ESA equipment to the next level. It's kind of like a soccer obstacle course. Then we offer neuroscience training with our reflection tools, uh, working on processing things a little bit faster and eye coordination and such. Uh, we offer skills classes, which is your typical corporate skills training. Um, lots of people still enjoy that. So we work on a lot of attacking 1v1 skills. And then we also offer athlete development. So our athletes come here and they work on speed, agility, uh, quickness, explosive movements, really just learning how to move and function a little bit better as an athlete. Welcome back. I was just thinking over the break. Um, the one thing that this game did not have that we've had a lot of recently is weather delays. Trey, I know you got a big storm uh, in North Carolina right now, but probably the first game in like four or five games without a weather delay. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, Again. dude sad that we have to like touch on that being a thing but it had been so brutal with the weather through the summer like it felt like it was like spring weather um that's, that's I, kind of surprising I, like cincinnati summers aren't like i mean i live there for 22 years it's it's like we get rain but yeah and I, I just moved from birmingham to to raleigh and i mean i, I moved from rain to more rain so <laughs> like but but cincinnati's really had a lot of weather it's kind of maybe just unlucky right yeah, I mean, like if it was rain and they didn't have lightning, like that's the best kind of soccer to play in when you're sliding all over the place. And yeah. like, absolutely, that's the best. But um, I think uh, we'll transition to our jersey swaps of the week. This will be a good time to kind of bring it up. Sam, what was your jersey swap of the week? Yeah, my my jersey swap is, you know, the guy that we kind of touched on a little bit earlier in Kubo. Um, no, I, I know he was a substitute, um, but he still came in and brought the energy. Um, I want to give a, a shout out to him as well. Became the fourth player in club history to make a hundred appearances for FC Cincinnati. So um, he, he joined Haglin, Vasquez and Barrial in that club. So that's pretty cool. Um, but, you know, he, he gave the energy, like I said, and then, you know, the cross leading to Vasquez, you know, PK goal. If you want to give him credit for that, go ahead. Does that um, give him I, an assist? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so, but you know, in my heart, he's my Jersey swap. So I'll give an assist as well. But I did think it was funny on the team site, the league's cup site and the MLS site. I think they're all run kind of by the same people, but they haven't listed as a striker. Hmm. Do they really? Which, yeah, which he's, he's like, he's not, if you watch him play, he's not. <laughs> he's a center mid. He was brought in as a winger had been playing defensive mid, had been playing striker earlier this year, and right, right back. back. <laughs> yeah. Someday we'll get him when in. When they do that in sports, like they – defensive linemen who, like, also play – like like linebackers who also line up, like, on the outsides, they, like, call them defense. Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand that. And they do the same thing in, in uh, soccer, obviously, too. 
Yeah, I, I just thought that was an interesting little nugget to throw at the end there. You think uh, Kubo would be considered like our five-tool player, like, you know, a baseball analogy of that? Yeah, uh, um, usually five tools means that you're good at five things, and I don't think that's the case, though. <laughs> <laughs> he is my jersey spot, though. <laughs> Still a shout-out, but doesn't have five things in the bag. I love it. <laughs> Yeah. Trey, what was your jersey swap of the week? Oh, yeah. Alec Tom, for sure. Just, I mean, I, th- I think we didn't hear his name a lot, but when we needed him, um, he had a big stop, just big stop early, some balls bouncing around the box. Um, I mean, PKs are PKs. I mean, I'm not going to go deep into to, to that stuff. But, but yeah, and I think the one goal, um, again, McCarty got, got free and just stood there. So I, I only got ones on him, but. Um, didn't hear his name a lot, so um, it was a boring game. So I think the keeper definitely deserves my jersey spot here. Do you think uh, he starts over Salentano now, in your opinion? No. <laughs> but he had a great game. <laughs> I don't know, man. You made a good point earlier, Sam. Um, you know, how rusty is he at this point? You know, he hasn't played in several weeks, but it's the goalkeeper. Like, I don't know how how many reps do you need to, like, stay sharp, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we asked Eric that, and I mean, he seemed yep. to have some insight into it. But yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting to see, kind of leading up to our our next game, like what the talk is. Which you know, like you had said, they've got a while to kind of prepare for that. Though I saw um, this was really interesting. It was on Extra Time. I think they had their podcast talking about you know transfers that could happen. This was prior to the deadline, uh, you know, last Wednesday, but they were saying that Alec Khan would have been on the trading block for some of the teams. And I thought that was really interesting. I don't know like who we'd, we have gotten, you know, for him or even at the end of the season, but a serviceable, uh, you know, backup keeper. I mean, that's huge when you're playing in three or four different competitions. Like we look at, um, you know, Matt Turner playing over at Arsenal you know, the premier league, and then you have the FA cup and you have Europa leagues or champions league. Like, you know, you need to have multiple keepers that are good. And I think that's the modern game. Um, And I I think it's solid, you know, that we have a serviceable guy like that. So. Yeah. Ryan, who was your Jersey swap? My Jersey swap was Brett Halsey. I thought the dude came in and played really well. Um, Put, you know, a, a great ball on a platter. Can't help that the, uh, ball jumped up there on the surface, like Trey said, for Bupenza to try to put one in. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know. Halsey might be the future at either uh, right outside back or left, potentially, uh, depending on what happens with Barrial at the end of the season. Uh, you know, we'll chat about that here in a little bit. But um, I, I think he's young. I think, what, 21, 22, um, mm-hmm. was in the RSL um, Academy and played on their two-team Um, you know, now is making some good contributions more than some of our other rookies lately. Um, Even getting a little bit more minutes. I was surprised then. I don't know if they're going away from Gaddis or just trying to see what Halsey looks like at the outside back, but I I've liked what he's done. Um, So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I I appreciate the shout. I mean, bringing the youthfulness over Gaddis in a game like, you know, the league's cup, you know, I, I really, think is a smart move especially long term for the rest of the season I mean if you're, if you're wanting to bring in a guy like Gaddis it's going to be during the MLS season or 
you know, maybe, maybe the open cup, maybe not, but more of the MLS season I'm thinking, or, you know, have him ready for the playoffs because he is so tenured and has a lot of experience. So you're wanting him to to be healthy during those times. Whereas Halsey's a young guy and we saw it. He, he brought a lot of energy to the game and created a lot of chances on the right side there. Um, unfortunately, you know, once again, Bupenza can't finish, but yeah, I, I thought he he played really, really well. Trey, I wanted to tell you, I don't know if you knew this, I had some insider information on Brett Halsey. Oh, yeah? Let's hear he it. He had bought a house from our family friends in Norwood. Norwood, man, let's go. Go so Trey is a, uh, you know, musketeer grad. I thought he would appreciate that he uh, now lives <laughs> in the city of Norwood. Norwood so man. now you, mu- you must like him more now, right, Trey? I mean, I don't hate him more. So. <laughs> speaking on hate let's do our cards of the week sam let's hear it man what was your card of the week yeah um card of the week is gonna have to be barrio's right foot um (laughs) it's just it's it's keeping him from becoming an even better player and and honestly a world-class player because we we see flashes with his left foot his left foot is world-class it is you know whether that be crossing volleys you know just striking the ball in generally he's able to manipulate the ball especially during free kicks is, is pretty insane but i think he relies too much on that left foot and when he needs to cut back onto his right it, it's just not a threat you know so if he wants to go play at ajax or if he wants to go play in europe he has to get more comfortable on that right foot so that way he is a threat when he does cut cut back you know you're not sure what he's going to do um I, I thought it was very apparent during that that shot that he had it was a wide open shot and tried to curl it in with his right and there was just no power there it was just like a a fart off his foot that's what it looked like you think Messi has a similar right foot I'm trying to like think back to all the times I've seen him he's got the best left foot in the world but I mean his right foot is at least serviceable but uh when you play left back and like you got to be able to swing it in both ways I I think you're right don't compare Messi to Barial. like i know they're both argentinian but Me- messi's ability with both feet is off the charts like that's unquestioned i had to compare the argentines sam fair well, we'll get to see it first time that level here pretty soon so that's true that's true we're gonna be seeing the jury's it. not out yet i mean messi's you know he's all right he's okay yeah i don't mm. trey what was your card of the week oh uh yeah, yeah, super red card to the the ground screw at TQL for sure. Uh, I mean, you can kind of see it on TV, man. Fix your divots. Fix your divots. There was, uh, I mean, there was an, uh, a sequence with, um, I think it was Acosta to Barriel, back to Acosta to Vasquez. And I mean, it just took a little skip and Vasquez in the box couldn't finish. And then there was the... Um, I think it was a 78th minute with with a Bupenza, and it just it took a little little skip. I mean, it was a perfect pass at the last second. Just took a little skip, hit his shin, and and that would have been. I mean, that, that's that's two that's two one right there. Um, I think is from that the a ground. reason to uh, keep Messi from coming to Cincinnati because the the surface is so bad, right? <laughs> no, 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 he's got to prove he can play anywhere. But I think some of the ground screw were at the Reds game uh, on Friday night. So uh, yeah, I don't blame that. it was Friday. It was interesting. Um, I, I saw a little bit of that. Usually our grounds crew is like pretty with it, but uh... yeah, I, I, I'm joking, but yeah, it's the, <laughs> I, I, the ball bounce didn't bounce our way a couple of times when they were like, I mean, especially, especially Bupenza in the 80th minute there was like, that was, that was easy. Anyone would have buried that. So 
Yeah. Well, my card of the week, uh, kind of on a separate note <laughs> compared to that, but my card of the week is uh, the lack of the offensive production in this game. Um, as we've talked on the whole episode, I mean, we just got to be able to finish our chances. Um, you know, from both sides, it was pretty lackluster. We just needed to be able to, you know, score and put it in. My other point, though, to this um, is I don't know if you guys heard about the rumors today about Neymar and Mbappe coming to the MLS. And that's another thing where, yeah, you you, you both rolled your eyes. I'm like, all right, man, like, I'm sick of this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sick of this. I've been watching I, a lot of suits lately. Just, if you don't know, a show about a bunch of lawyers. Great show. What great show. A lot of, yeah, it's a great show. I Me, me and Savannah and my wife are loving it. Um, but what a lot of people do is, you know, they, they shop, uh, you know, they shop offers and to, so that they get a better offer where they've actually won it. So, um, leaking rumors is, uh, not, not something that is, a um, a, a new invention here. So <laughs> you think they're using it as a bargaining ship? Absolutely. Where are they going to go? The Saudi league? I think Mbappe made it very clear. He does not want to go to the Saudi league. Is that right? Turned yeah. down $1 billion in one year. Yeah, I mean, whatever. So, I, I, think I, did think it was, <laughs> I, I did think it was funny that I saw a tweet, you know, after all the Mbappe stuff or Neymar stuff was coming out today, I did see a tweet that said that the MLS is about to offer uh, Mbappe Alaska, the Statue of Liberty, a McDonald's franchise, a messy autographed jersey, two inner Miami tickets, and a Disney World annual pass with no blackout dates. <laughs> Disney World and Alaska. That's a long flight. But yeah. I, hmm. Maybe you Both make it Disneyland and you're on the same side. What do we think Alaska is actually worth? That's like a great today. question. Because we bought it for like like pennies on the dollar from from the Russians, right? I bet they're salty. You know Alaska is worth a lot. Yeah, but, but I'm wondering like what would what would what would it actually worth? I, yeah, I don't know. That's a great question. We should ask Mbappe what was his official offer, you know, on that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They offered Messi, you know, what, Apple shares and like... An arm and a leg. The, yeah, everything. So I don't know what you're going to do with Mbappe, but... He took Santos's calf. Yeah. <laughs> he did. He took an eye of that too? <laughs> he certainly did. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Well, so with us being out of Leaks Cup, um, I don't know if you guys are planning on watching the rest of it. I could care less really what happens as a neutral fan, but uh, our next game is going to be coming up against Columbus. Uh, next episode, we're going to do kind of a, a bigger preview on that one. Um, Columbus actually crashed out of their Leaks Cup. Big shout out to Eric Dick and his uh, Minnesota <laughs> United team for knocking out the Columbus crew too. So we love to see that. Friend of the pod. I, I, I know that our friend of the pod did that just for us because he came on this show. So appreciate that, Eric. Shout out. Um, but uh, yeah, so we got a couple weeks here between uh, the guys are probably already off and, you know, who knows where Miami Beach, probably watching Messi or something. Um, that's that's exactly what League's Cup is going to become. How long can this little, you know, messy stunt go? You know what I mean? Like how, how long can we just absorb as much as much messy content as we can until it gets to the point where we realize holy crap inter miami still last 
in mm-hmm. the entire MLS. Like, <laughs> dude's had what six goals in like three games though, or yeah. something. Six I mean, and he's, four. Yeah, he's already Inter Miami's fourth leading scorer in like three or four games. That says more about Inter Miami than it does about. <laughs> So there was, yeah, there was a a graphic (laughs) that showed all the player ratings for the game, right? And I believe it was Busquets, Alba, and Messi were the only ones that had like above a seven or uh, a seven and a half or something like that. Every inner Miami player was like six or below. I have a side note on Busquets. Have you guys seen the photo of his feet? He's got big feet. The dude's got like size 20 feet. I'm not kidding. There's this photo of him and Messi, and they have their like shoes off, and he's got like alien feet. It's insane. Everyone who's listening to this should go look it up because we talked a lot about feet in this episode. There's a lot of talk about feet. Right <laughs> feet for Sam, that. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, side note, we got <laughs> yeah, side note, yeah, sorry, we got sidetracked on that one. Uh, I think Trey wanted to go on a little bit of a rant about the U.S. women's team. He was telling me ahead of the episode about it. So uh, hmm. let's hear it, Trey. Hmm. Hmm. Disappointed is the is uh, does not put it into all the words I'd like to. Um, but wow, I mean, how embarrassing! I mean, they they talked they talked a you know they talked a lot of game going into it and to. I mean, their last two, it's not just, it wasn't just the Sweden game. I mean, uh, pretty much the whole tournament, they're just, they look really flat footed and not, I mean, they just look like they expected to win. Um, and then, I mean, didn't even, didn't even look like they were giving much effort. So I'm really disappointed, but um, yeah. So for those who but props didn't... to props to Sweden and, and hopefully um, is it, is it Japan and Sweden that are, that are going? I, I think it is. Yeah. Good, yeah. Good for them. So that's, I'll leave it at that. I'm, I'm, I'm a little mad. <laughs> what Trey was referring to for those that didn't see the U S uh, women's team got knocked out in PK's surprise, another PK shootout in the women's world cup. Um, the last PK was probably the craziest thing I've ever seen. Our keeper stops the ball in the first effort and the ball, like somehow goes over the line and like by a millimeter is like in the goal. Um, I don't know how they have the technology to see like that precisely, but like from me <laughs> watching it at, at seven in the morning i was like oh that's totally not it (laughs) but uh you know that technology i guess had confirmed that it was and uh they were all pretty pumped about it i think as as one would be knocking out the team that's won the past two women's world cups but trey you're right i mean they had commercials that said like we're ready for a three-peat and like before they even made it past the group stage we didn't even get first place in the groups and then you know we're missing rose lavelle let's just say it yeah. you know as it is yeah. yeah go muskies again um i don't understand like, like when in just in sports in general like when you're already at the top what's the point of of, of like putting it in other people's faces like how is it that will always blow up and then if you even if you end up winning at the end it's like that that didn't really feel good like i don't know i, don't know. I think they they got a little bit of their own what, what they had coming unfortunately but yeah i i think i think to trey's point they, they just look too cool to be there right like you saw it at the beginning like it, it honestly it does it starts with the commercials and then it, it works your way into when they actually get to australia and they do kind of the opening you know ceremony or whatever and they, it's just they walk out with all this suits. swagger like all they're the, suits and everything exactly like it it just didn't feel right you know and the fact that they're 
you know, they lost in the round of 16 in the World Cup, the the thing that you wait your entire life to play in for your country, everything like that, like they're they're laughing. They're laughing and they're smiling. Like that's, that's the worst not, finish that they've ever had in like the women's history. That's too. not okay. That's not okay. And I thought my my gut, if it is if it wasn't for Carly Lloyd, I don't know if anybody else would have said something. She was the only person that was going to stand up and say something. And I think she speaks for all of us. And, and she was the only one that, you know, really has the credentials to really say those things and, and mean it. Right. Right. Um, and I think it just it really does all come down to what Trey was saying. It's like this is just yeah. it's just embarrassing. Yeah, I think I Carlo is dead on, too, because, I'm, you know, I, I know Alex Morgan and Rapino both, you know, following some of those ties and obviously the loss like you said like you know we'll just we'll we'll we'll, you know we did it three years ago or three three tournaments ago or you know back in 20 you know whatever 11 and it's like well you know back in 2011 or whenever two two tournaments ago half of your team was in was in like fifth grade yeah so no (laughs) you're not gonna you can't you can't rest on on you know the teams and and coming back from adversity you know eight years ago it doesn't it doesn't work they were like feeling entitled, you know, like crazy after winning before. And, but I, I think the whole rest of the world's improved, you know, they've, they've gotten yes. much, much better. That's the other thing. I mean, you have yeah. women's leagues now in Spain and England that, you know, to be honest, we hadn't really seen for the last several years or until the last several years. I mean, um, so pretty interesting speaking on Europe. Uh, Alvaro Barial had been rumored to go to Ajax, as Sam had alluded to earlier in the podcast. Um, sounds like he had been wanting this. I mean, why would you not? Um, but FC wants to keep him for the rest of the year. We don't really have a serviceable backup left back right now, guys. What do you think? I mean, I think Halsey would he would manage. I, I genuinely think Halsey would do a solid job. I don't know if he'd start every single game, but. I I think he would bring that young energy that Barrial does bring. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's rumored to go around. I think it's eight eight or nine mil right now to Ajax. Um, right now on the left hand side for Ajax, they have Tadic, um, Bergvine, uh, Vindal, and then they have Wrench as well. So I believe Vindal and Wrench are both left backs on that on that left side, whereas Bergvine and Tadic can kind of play in the middle or or on the left side. So it's a little interesting for an Ajax perspective uh, on why they would kind of want Barrio to be honest with you. But um, I don't know if it's just kind of, they want more depth and more youth, which I feel like Ajax has always got a lot of good youth players internally. Um, yeah. Players, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it It's also a weird move when you, when you look at their depth, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean the Dutch system, so they're in the Netherlands, but I, I think it's a good fit um league wise personally though for me yeah. yeah um i know you mean like team team wise maybe it's not a good fit but um it's a good stepping stone into a good club over there you know yeah. historically they've been in the champions league as well so um to possibly see him in that level in that competition would just be cool just as an fc fan oh yeah i mean just i think it just shows the progression in the mls and and fc cincinnati as well I mean, for players to be kind of like promoted in a sense i mean never then the league there obviously is much a much higher level but um you know three four years ago we, we wouldn't be talking about 
um, <clears throat> you know, a winger on, on on FC Cincinnati being promoted to to a team like Ajax. So, wouldn't wouldn't he be the second player from FC Cincinnati to go to Ajax? Uh, two Ajax from FC Trivia. Is that? Do you know didn't, that as the as the case? Didn't Teton go straight from FC to Ajax? He had been rumored to go there. He might have been on the bench. You're right, Sam. That's that's true. Actually, uh, I think it might have been last year, or the year before. It was two he years was, ago. Yeah, he was on the bench. I don't know if he actually got in for um, a match, though. I'm not sure if he did, but I think I think it was one match, and it was like, holy crap, like. He's he playing. went from our team to Ajax and was playing as their keeper. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> that should have been our trivia question of the week, Sam. That was good. Yeah. You know, all in the brain here. We <laughs> just re-record the whole thing. And... Yeah. <laughs> but we had this huge Dutch connection. I don't know if there was still some coach, you know, relation or something. Um, had I heard, didn't I mention it on the last one that Ajax's assistant coach or one of their coaches was on FC Cincinnati staff, actually. So there is actually a connection still. Um, maybe that's what that dates back to, because originally it was that group that brought him in to our team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe as a winger, obviously now he's like a left back. But I think really, to be honest with you guys, I don't know how you feel about this, but our system, the way that FC Cincinnati is playing, has kind of um, tailored this new era in soccer where there's been more uh, two striker systems with wing backs, not necessarily like high forwards like the last several years have been. We've seen more outside backs, so I think he fits the modern game in that sense. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely think. I mean, he he deserves a Europe shout, but you know, back to my my card, I, he just needs to work on the right foot, and then I I think he'll be fine to be honest. The thighs fit in in Europe, though, right? Yeah, the, it it's short. Work, yeah, it's short. The short sports, man. <laughs> what a guy! Kids, kids didn't do that. Kids used to do that when we played for as a joke. And then, yeah, they, they guys like their thighs, dude. Okay. Yep. Th- thighs, yeah. thighs and feet. I, I don't know. Uh, well, <laughs> thighs and feet episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it turned into that. It'll just be the title of the episode: thighs and feet. Uh, are you guys ready to hear the trivia answer for this? Yeah, week? hit me, hit me uh, with the answer. So, uh, reiterating the question here: What is FC Cincinnati's all-time record in PK shootouts? This dates back to our USL days as well. Uh, Sam, I think, had locked in. Was it five and four? Yeah, five and four was our record, and then Trey, I think, went with five and three. Yeah, you guys were so close. It was four and three. <sighs> yeah that's that's pretty good I, I, i'm gonna give you guys credit on that one that was really good so this year we've had um i think it's been now three pk shootouts yeah three pk shootouts so one against the red bulls um one against sporting kansas city and obviously just lost his past one um our more recent one was in the um mls uh like welcome back tournament from covid um, so we lost that one. I don't know if you guys remember Lacadia actually scores a goal in that one uh, in PK. So very interesting down in Florida. Um, Trey, you touched on it earlier, the PK shootout against the Chicago Fire. That was a huge game. Right, Nippert. It, yep, at Nippert with uh, yeah, Bastion, legendary uh, Schweinsteiger, I think. Yeah. What were you going to say, Sam? 
it's a legendary game right there. I think that's what kind of put us on the map that, that PK shootout. Um, as much as we're hating on the PKs this episode, but that episode or that uh, PK shootout definitely vaulted, you know, our whatever appeal to Cincinnati, I think. <laughs> and then I think we had, a you know, a couple other games in um, either the playoffs or U.S. Open Cup. Uh, but that was back in the USL days. But this year was actually the first year we've had PKs besides like that uh, welcome back tournament in the MLS. So um, kind of interesting. I felt like it had been a while since we had been in that. So any final points from you guys, Sam? No, I, I think that it'll, I mean, as much as it sucks to be out of an, another cup, you know, an oppor- opportunity to win another trophy, um, I think, you know, this just gives us even more time to focus in on, you know, the other competitions that we have, which, you know, retaining the MLS, you know, lead for, you know, the regular season and then also for the Open Cup as well. So excited to see the next two games are, are going to be probably the two biggest games of the season, um, kind of back to back. So it'll be interesting to see what Pat does with the lineups. Yeah, I agree. I think it's been super fun to watch this year. Um, League Cup wasn't at the top of my uh, TV list on Friday night either. Um, but it's been awesome. I mean, the Reds are playing well. FC Cincinnati is playing awesome. And it's given us a little, you know, I don't have to sit there and twiddle my fingers waiting for the Bengals to start again. It's been, it's been fun. Um, <clears throat> little side note, I did just move to Raleigh, um, as Ryan mentioned. I'm in North Carolina. And so Charlotte FC is the closest team to me. And I'm a big talk radio sports radio guy. And so the Charlotte FC radio station is whatever the ESPN station is here. And they do like a little like, you know, promo saying, you know, home of the Panthers and the FC Charlotte or Charlotte FC. And you know, the, the, they're like play-by-play guy mm-hmm. who, when they, Mickey Mouse. Says, Oh my gosh. And so they play, he, they play like three different like voice segments of him saying, go, <laughs> it's on the radio like constantly and it is the most annoying thing ever and i like i i actually changed this i i i hate to change the station but whenever i hear that voice i'm sorry it's so annoying why do they keep playing that guy's voice down there that's just, I, I know i think i think the people just lean into it i think they love it i mean i don't, I don't know maybe i'm sure some reds play by play guys have been really annoying in the past too and, and i probably defend them too so trey what's the uh What's the vibe, I guess, for Charlotte down there? Is there a lot of, uh, you know, people supporting them out on the streets or? <laughs> I, I live in Raleigh. So that's, so Charlotte's like two hours away. Uh, so, and I've only been here for two, two weeks, even less. So that's fair. So I, I don't, don't really know much, much about of the it. vibe yet. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're the talk on the streets, Trey. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I haven't uh, done much, uh, you know, talking on the streets about MLS soccer here, but, um, that's a good sign, yeah. though. I like that. Yeah, on the radio, radio. they talk about them on the radio all the time. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> my last little uh, tidbit for us here: uh, the tree blade is still in play, boys. So we can still get three trophies this year. We're not going to get a quad, but we might be able to get three. So I, I love that. Um, <laughs> so we'll call it an episode, um, guys. We got a big guest coming uh, next episode. It's going to be a uh, MLS. Mm-hmm um person so uh, I'm, I'm just gonna leave it at that um so just stay tuned for that next week uh, it'll be a nice interview uh with him so we'll see you next week guys thanks trey for joining us tonight hopefully we'll get you back on yeah.